<clears throat> My name is Ryan Taylor, and as I mentioned um, in our introductions, I represent the Architects of Georgia in our, our State Codes Advisory Committee. So that's a group of professional associations uh, that come together a few times a year to amend and adopt the Building Codes of Georgia. So as you're uh, no doubt aware, we adopt codes on a statewide basis. Um, I'm excited to be here today just because I want to invite uh, connections, and I'll introduce a, a, just a, a bit of our process to you. Um, with the handout that I've got to, to share around once everybody gets seated. Um, I'm appointed to a four-year term, and, and uh, all the members of the State Codes Advisory Committee are appointed by the uh, commissioner from the Department of Community Affairs. <clears throat> so I'm the formal representative, but I, I need everybody to understand that we invite anybody that wants to be part of that process to come. All the meetings are all public. They're all open to the Public Records Act, so there's not anything that we do that's behind closed doors, even when the groups are in executive session. So everything should be relatively easy to find, and if you're having any issues, if there's something that you're looking for, especially when there's a connection between the work that um, we're doing at the Department of Community Affairs and the work that the fire marshal is doing, for example, I'd, I'd be happy to help you sort those things out. So one of the key things that we do is the amendment of building codes. So I'm passing around um, a form that we can post online to be available with the podcast. So you can see um, the form that we use to um, amend our building code. So December 5th, 15th um, of every year is the deadline for submitting proposed changes to the building codes. Um, typically, uh, what we put in is as simple as just a one-page form. So it's a, a PDF that you just fill out. It can be a placeholder. So if you need to have some discussions, it's not cast in stone. Once it goes through the committee process, there's discussion that happens at the subcommittee level. So if you have an idea or something that needs to be addressed, particularly when we find discrepancies or conflicts between codes, this is how we would do it. So I'm sure we can post a link with the podcast to that form as well, but uh, rather than you filling that out by yourself and trying to uh, sort your way through this process, I would invite you to contact me uh, through the AI Georgia office and let me help you fill out this form and address whatever it is that you're looking at because I'll be able to give you uh, at least the historical context of what we've looked at previously. We have some folks that submit the same amendment year after year after year, and those aren't successful because they don't look at how they uh, connect to all the other building codes. So sometimes when people submit these uh, out of context, they don't make it through because there's so much other work that needs to be coordinated in other building codes. So there are, in fact, other amendments that are necessary. So let me, uh, let me help you with that. The uh, lightning rod of the codes that we have so far has been the energy code. That's the code that's, um, I think, uh, attracted the most acrimony, uh, if I could use that word, but that's also uh, created an opportunity for us to provide leadership. Um, so the amendment that's circulating is uh, actually an amendment that we put together as we um, gathered an ad hoc committee of folks. So it was an opportunity for us as architects to really be the honest brokers between parties um, that don't always see eye to eye. So we had a very unusual collection of folks for this particular amendment to change the energy code, which ranged from uh, everybody from the home builders to uh, South Face Energy Institute. So uh, not always groups that, that see eye to eye, but groups that agreed to have multiple meetings and teleconferences and webinars and things to, to get this proposed amendment together. Um, the report for this year, um, what the State Coast Advisory Committee uh, meeting has done is we've considered a tremendous amount and decided not to adopt any of it. <clears throat> so there won't be any code changes for next year. Um, we had a number of uh, repeat amendments that came through our process that, that uh, didn't make it through for whatever technicality. Um, all that is a historical record that I can share with you as well. Over the 
coming year, we're seeding a new uh, series of uh, representatives. So everybody's going to start off a new term. That'll be a four-year term. So I, I invite you to, to uh, help me figure out, and this is my call to action, if you will, or my ask of you, help me figure out two things. Um, the first is, what associations should we be working with? What associations do you run into, especially if you're having any uh, code issues, um, that we could uh, involve in this development process, where we could fill that role, as I said, as honest broker? And don't underestimate how many people are represented by uh, professional associations. You know, there's, there's about 20 of us that sit on the State Codes Advisory Committee, and they range from Department of Health all the way down to manufacturer's representatives. So even if you're dealing with Masons and there's an issue, they've got a professional association, and we would love to be in touch with them. So whether it's professional disciplines like ours that are providing services, vendors, anybody like that, uh, we're happy to bring them to the table. Uh, I just need to know how to get in touch with them to start building those bridges. The other ask I'd have of you is if you know anybody that ever complains about building codes, <clears throat> I need to have them referred to me, please, um, because those are the people that are passionate. Those are the people that have figured out that there's, there's something that we need to address, either through education to make sure that we have training in-house in our professional association so that we have a, a better perspective of the who, what, where, and why of that building code issue. Um, or something needs to be changed. I mean, we find and address conflicts all the time. So um, it's behind the scenes, and that's really why we're doing these podcasts, but we typically spin up standing committees um, year after year after year. So two years ago, the state fire marshal invited us to uh, help him revise the international fire code that's adopted in Georgia that's outside of the DCA's wheelhouse. Um, but we put together um, a collection of architects and uh, if you've looked through the IFC, you know that each chapter uh, looks at a different type of construction. So we had people that, that specialize in gas stations and people that specialize in healthcare. So we needed to pull representatives for each one of those chapters. And, and just doing that, just putting together our little ad hoc committee wound up attracting lots and lots of other folks. So we had fire protection engineers and other people that no one had reached out to come to us and ask if they could be a part of what we were doing so that we didn't all stay in our different silos. So identifying those associations and active members is, is really key to our success. It helps us break out of our silo and build bridges and do some of that honest brokering that I mentioned. Um, I'll stop here and, and ask if you have any questions that I could address. If you want me to just quickly go through our process of, of what our typical year looks like, I could try and do that if you feel like that would be helpful. And then anything else you want to discuss? Ryan, I'll start with a question. I know one of our phone calls you indicated that you thought Although there wasn't a lot of action this year, that there were some big things coming in future years. Can you speculate on what those might be or what the way that architects should be framing and thinking about this? I think probably the biggest change uh, that we'll face over the, the coming two years, uh, I mentioned the energy code is typically a lightning rod. The, our building codes um, have generally two paths in them. There's a um, prescriptive path and there's a performance path. You can either do literally what it says in the building code, or um, you could also, in some cases, get an architect stamp or an engineer stamp to say, we figured this out and we're confident that this will work and we're going to put our uh, professional name on the line um, to satisfy the requirements of the building code inspector in whatever jurisdiction you happen to be building that project. The energy code is the code currently that's changing the fastest and that, um, especially for housing, Previously, we really haven't had significant performance paths built into those codes. But now with the advent of um, being able to pressure test houses, uh, air conditioning systems, things like that, requiring um, 
better designs. Um, inspectors, uh, permitting authorities are becoming a lot more sophisticated about asking uh, for uh, more thorough permit documents, those sorts of things. That's um, typically where we're having the most friction as we're growing the fastest there. Um, so I would expect over the next year or two, that's probably going to be the greatest point of change. All of our building codes across the state are all the 2012 version of the international um, uh, codes except for the electrical code, which is the 14 version. Our energy code is the 09 version, so it's we're going to wind up being on um, almost a 10-year code cycle for that code if we don't update it relatively soon, which would be unusual for most states. So Georgia's context in the southeast, you know, we're always looking at what other states are doing. Um, some of them are moving to the 15 code, which has all of this testing built into it. There's some growing pains there that need to be addressed. Um, that's, I think, the way forward for us as an association to try and build bridges is to move away from amendments like the one you have there and keep that same group together to discuss uh, what changes need to be made to the building code before we get into the formal process at the Department of Community Affairs just to see what anybody wants to put on the table. You know, what are the interesting points for, for any of the parties that are involved? <clears throat> There's probably four more minutes. Uh, of answer than you needed, but <laughs> hopefully that was helpful. Should I do just quick process overview? Okay. Um, this may help you calm down about this seems like a lot of work, but it's actually uh, primarily three meetings. So we have a meeting in um, January, which is our kickoff for the State Coast Advisory Committee. We typically have a meeting in March or April, which is our second meeting, uh, and then there's usually a final meeting that happens sometime in July. So those typically are the three times that the State Coast Advisory Committee comes together as a committee. Uh, all the work that, that the committee does really happens in the front half of the year. So the first six months or so, we try and have everything finished um, by mid-June so that there's a month to look at everything uh, so the public can all consume it before it comes up before the committee in the uh, July meeting. And after that, it just goes further up the food chain. So everything that this little committee does has to go up to be voted on by the full board of directors um, at the Department of Community Affairs. Between all of our committee meetings, um, we have standing committees to look at whatever changes are going to happen. So if there's um, going to be an amendment to any building code, there's a task force that's put together for that. That's an opportunity for even if you're not sitting on the State Codes Advisory Committee, you as a representative could sit on one of those task forces or a subcommittee that's attached to those. So that's why we need anybody that's ever complained about any building code because we need to map out those people and figure out what interests they have so we can get them plugged into all those different efforts. The amendments process, you have to have your amendment in by the 15th of December. Um, those are usually cataloged, but they're not heard typically until May. Um, so you've got a lot of time, four or five months, uh, to let people have a look at that and figure out uh, if there's any opposition or any changes that need to be made. And then there's one or two meetings typically in May or June to go through the amendments process. So it's a, usually a one-time meeting that you need to attend if you want to speak on behalf of whatever amendment you've proposed. Or if that makes you nervous, then you can have somebody like me speak on behalf of the amendment if it makes sense uh, for our association, for our membership. Sorry, Jerry, do you have a question? Well, I was going to ask you a little bit about um, small municipalities and the prescriptive code. We've run across some that have no inspections at all, mm. and some that don't understand anything other than prescriptive code. Mm. Um, I guess they don't have the staff to review an engineer's plan or an architect's plan. 
Is there an association of small municipalities? There's a, uh, an association for everything, so we, we, we try and be active. Seriously, we try and be active in the uh, Building Code Officials Association. So the, the BOAG group, uh, Building Officials Association of Georgia, um, has an annual meeting and they have a structure to address this sort of thing. So um, David and his staff have been working to reach out to that group to build connections. I will occasionally go and speak to them, uh, which is a drive to Perry, and then everybody goes to Chick-fil-A for lunch afterwards. Um, but a lot of that discussion addresses the point you raised, that there, there are entire counties that don't have any code enforcement at all. You know, Georgia's got more counties than, than most states, so that's a legitimate challenge. When you run into that, um, I would like to get you plugged into the to staff at the DCA, because what we see in, in the small jurisdictions, even at the county level, is um, sometimes they have, because they have local control, they've adopted their own local amendments. Um, I know, I can see that, yeah. <clears throat> um, those amendments have to be filed with the Department of Community Affairs to become effective. And I think that there's uh, still a little bit of a learning curve and that some jurisdictions don't know that. So they may be enforcing something that's, that's uh, not enforceable per the rules and regulations uh, in our state. That's another opportunity for us to help them, you know, to say, let me help you follow this path, let me help you find these resources that are available, because that's what the Construction Codes Division within the DCA uh, spends a lot of their time doing. Thank you. Sure. Any other questions? We have a number of folks, a number of folks in the room who are in uh, higher education. When we did our grassroots day at the Capitol last year, a lot of the students expressed interest in building codes. And there seemed to be a disconnect between students saying that well, we don't get much training in this, and this is exciting. And some of the professors told me they get a lot of training in building codes. Mm. So I'm wondering if there's anything that AI Georgia could do to help the schools with this, or if there's something you've heard other states doing, and maybe we could leverage that to find, maybe find some of those young leaders early. I think there's a twofold opportunity um, in that, David, in that if you're, if you're going to do education uh, for students, you could also use that same effort as outreach for folks in the community um, who don't understand building codes. So just doing an introduction to help people understand that a lot of the way we design is driven by building codes. If you're not familiar with the building codes, if you haven't had a chance to look something up, you might assume that we do this or that for a cultural reason or you know an ergonomic reason when it's actually pretty highly codified so when you start to get into particularly on the commercial side of construction you know you've got to deliver so many foot candles of light on work surfaces and things like that that you just most people think well it's i didn't know that that was that formal or there was that much direction that comes from the codes um, we've also developed uh, a good partnership with the international codes council which um, adopts um, or i should say writes the um, model codes that we adopt in georgia so I, I can only imagine they'd be absolutely excited to come in and, and be part of that with us in addition to a partnership with the dca because if we develop that curriculum it seems like any other professional association could use that to you know do outreach for folks in their community as well Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And thanks for all the work you're doing for us. <laughs>